Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gods and goddesses, to the Golden Age Gurus Podcast, your source for regenerative, entrepreneurial, and eco-friendly global solutions using ancient future strategies that focus on healing ourselves, our community, and the planet. Now, it is truly an honor to introduce your host, Baba John. Greetings, Golden Nagers. It's been a month since I recorded the last podcast. I got a little hung up with the holidays and uh, flew out here to my uh, secret lair in Guatemala where I'm uh, able to enjoy a totally different 5D culture of uh, regenerative entrepreneurs and shamans uh, living alongside uh, Mayans in these mountains of uh, Guatemala. So here I'm able to actually study with a master and his uh, soulmate and partner, Sat Kirtan. So uh, his, his name is Hari Ram, and uh, I've been working with these guys for about a year and they've really upped my game as far as my my practice with, with Kundalini. So I've tried different kinds of yoga and this is just the one that works for me uh, to manage my, my chi. And uh, I am a human design projector and I um, projectors don't have that sacral uh, generator motor. So this helps me to work with, with the, and ground my, my root energy. And, uh, you know, they also call it the technology of ascension. So, I mean, you know, we're basically all climbing a, a ladder to get to a, a better place from a higher vantage point to become the best uh, embodied I am presence that that we can be so um uh, i'm really honored to have them on the show we we recorded it in their um, sound temple the last 10 minutes include a sound bath stick around for that and uh they want to come back and record a second show we quickly uh broke an hour and cut things a little bit short um but in the news, I uh, just wanted to alert you guys that uh, Bitcoin is way down. Uh, it may go down some more, but a good mentor of mine uh, gave me the, the, the wisdom, buy low, sell high. So Bitcoin's down. Do the math, guys. Um, if you... Uh, it, it, if you get some Bitcoin and, uh, you know, this podcast could pay for itself many times over. If you just hold, hold on to it. Hodl. Um, speaking of which, I'm recording 
uh, Sasha Hodder uh, tomorrow, who's a, a Bitcoin lawyer and also the uh, host of the uh, Hoddle cast. So we'll be talking about some 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 crypto legal stuff. And uh, yeah, so also wanted to let you guys know I, I successfully created a decentralized autonomous organization in colony.io. I have connected an ERC20 uh, governance token, uh, made a billion, minted a billion tokens and was able to transfer it onto the XDAI chain, uh, actually Gnosis chain, and make a XDAI save token to power my DAO and uh, did activate the governance app and will be taking um, my new DAO salary through the DAO and um, I will be accepting save token and um, XDAI for that matter but uh, if you want to get more info on that um, stay tuned for more episodes. I'll also be in, in, interviewing um, some other crypto projects and getting into that because I think it's really important for the golden age. It's it's how the golden age infrastructure is going to um, pay people uh, and a fair income you know, give people benefits and, you know, these, these old legacy systems aren't taking care of everybody. So we need new ones. And the Dow is something I'm really excited about and, um, actually had the genesis of the save Dow at the end of the month. So, uh, last month, December, 2021. So, uh, that's good news there. I also was able to activate, um, ads on this uh, platform sponsored segment so at the end i'm going to test it i don't know how to use it yet so i'm just going to go through this whole podcast and put the sponsor segment at the end Uh, we'll see how that goes so um on that note i think that's about all i got right now Uh, appreciate everybody listening and uh, enjoy This show is brought to you on Patreon, where creators are supported by their tribe. For the cost of a latte, you can support the show and my advocacy around fringe legal topics ranging from zero waste in Bitcoin to matters of spirit. I'm committed to serving mankind by providing thousands of years of ancestral wisdom. Learn from my gurus, join my network, and get exclusive content. We have a free tier so you don't have to worry about money. A support tier for just a few bucks and an apprentice level for aspiring Jedi interested in my mystery school and nature-based ministry. We have a VIP business tier for CEOs who want their own wizard. Just remember, King Arthur had a Merlin and Queen Elizabeth had her John D. Historically, I've charged way more as a consultant, but while I wrap my last year of law school, I'm willing to help just to get this new platform going. You'll have access to me with the Voxer app and get access to the Advocacy Launchpad and Discord. Sponsorship is sold separate. If you're interested, message and visit patreon.com 
p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash golden age gurus. Follow for free and support if you can. All right, this is Baba John in the Sound Temple in San Marcos, Guatemala, Lake Atitlan. And I'm sitting here with two good friends and maestros that uh, have taught me a lot about Kundalini Yoga and the technology of ascension. So for your um, ear candy, I will bring to you their information and we'll have a little maybe like a little 10 minute sound bath at the end since we are in this acoustically superior building. What is it, what, what, what do we call this? Technically it's a zone. A zone. It's a dome with a point at the top. It's like a budding flower, like we're in the inside of a budding flower. Yeah, it's basically a dome with a, with a top. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a, actually a decahedron, it's a, it's a 10 sided dome with a point at the top, uh, some skylights, which are nice. So we are in our... It's called in- the Sound Temple, sorry, it's called the Sound Temple San Marcos, is the name of the place. Yes, and I, I just this last week did their St. Germain meditation session, and it was pretty, pretty epic. Uh, Hari, Hari looks a lot like St. Germain. Oh. He's, he's, got, he's got some... Uh, uh, p- potentially uh, e- e- immortal uh, aspects to to his personality, and he's kind of a mysterious character around around the lake. I think it was the purple vest that, that I usually wear, because <laughs> the vi- it is it, we call it the violet flame meditation, as this is uh, attributed to the ascended master Saint Germain. For us, it was the one who introduced the violet flame meditation to the world. And of course, the I am presence, mm-hmm. honoring yeah. and honing the I am. The presence. I am discourses. Of course, yes, the discourses on the I am presence. Yeah. Uh, yes. So we're going to talk for this hour and we're going to go into a little bit about Hari and Sat Kirtan, his beautiful goddess partner in crime here and uh we're gonna talk a little bit about the basics of kundalini yoga which i know many of you have maybe heard about but don't really um may may not know everything that they have to enlighten us about the craft and i personally have been working with these guys for the last year and they've definitely upped my game so I want to share it with my community. And so without further ado, um, I'll let you guys talk about your, uh, you know, a little bit of background. Well, for me, it began in 2011 when I had a mental breakdown slash breakthrough. I'd been doing yoga, hatha yoga, vinyasa yoga for like 15 years prior to that which, you know, helped in many ways and got me through my college years. 
But then when the pressure of life really hit hard, um, those tools weren't strong enough for me. Um, I realized in that, you know, psychosis moment or whatever that I didn't have the proper tools to con command my mind. My mind was taking over and controlling me. And um, that's when I started asking the divine, you know, asking the universe for better tools. <laughs> How mm. can I, you know, really master this vehicle of mine so I can be functioning in this world and not a slave to this uh, psychosis and the pressures of the world. How can I transcend this? And that's when I heard about Kundalini Yoga for the first time. I'd never even heard of it before. And they always say, Kundalini, you don't find Kundalini Yoga, it finds you. And that was definitely my case at the right time in my life. I found a teacher that was fairly close to my work at the time. So after work, I would go take classes. And immediately after my first class, I was totally hooked. One class in and it just, wow. It's like, wow, this is what I've been looking for all this time. I'd been jumping around from different studios with Hatha and Vinyasa, trying different teachers, different studios, but I never really found something that truly fulfilled all the different aspects that I was looking for until that first Kundalini Yoga class. And yeah, it changed everything for me. I started practicing regularly, took the teacher training the year after, started teaching right away. And also my teacher played crystal bowls and gong during the savasana. And that was really profound. It would like, the sound would always work its way into my dream state. And I just realized, you know, I was in a really depressed point in my life then where I'd usually go home from work and just cry and you know, be depressed and go to sleep. But the days that I did the kundalini yoga after work, I would go home and I would just start cooking, I'd start cleaning, I was just doing all these things that I'd been putting off and didn't have the energy for. And it just made me feel good, it made me feel happy and helped me find myself and my voice again. Um, so yeah, after I started teaching, I quickly uh, got in touch with someone who helped me acquire some crystal bowls so I could play the bowls during my savasanas for my students as well and just started sharing. It's like this is beautiful gift that I've been given that really saved my life in many ways. Uh, I wanted to share and basically after five years of teaching nights and weekends uh, from the nine to five, but five years after that I finally dropped the nine to five entirely and surrendered to divine plan and destiny and that led me to doing healing arts full-time, which then led me to my divine partner, Hadiyam, and now here we are in Guatemala doing what we love full-time, all the time. It's <laughs> just been a magical, wonderful journey, and I'm so grateful. Well spoken, love. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <sad> enough. <laughs> you want to hear my condensed? <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's, let's, let's yeah. hear <laughs> Let's hear it. All right, I'll try to keep it brief. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting. My my breakdown, my true long dark night of the soul experience, as I like to call it, 
Um, yeah, because in my case, I wouldn't necessarily say psychosis. There's definitely neurosis to it and a deep depression. Echo what Sakirjan said, but it happened after I discovered Kundalini Yoga, in fact, after I started, had started teaching. Um, and like Sakirtan, my introduction to yoga proper was Hatha. I discovered um, the Shivananda School in Toronto in the 80s and started going regularly. Um, I, was, mm, I was committed enough that I, I did go to Quebec to their retreat center in the beautiful uh, Laurentian Mountains, a place called Val Morin. Uh, Quebec for a retreat there at the time, which was great. Um, I remember even at the time feeling like, is this it? Like, I wasn't feeling completely satisfied with the yoga, even though I was, I was pretty much committed. I was going regularly every week and attending different events at the center too. Perhaps even some kirtan. I can't remember exactly my first kirtan experience. At some point, I was starting to hear some voices, the two voices that I think about from the early days, uh, Krishna Das and uh, <clears throat> Deva Pramal. They, they were my first inspirations, long before I even dreamed about leading kirtan. Um, and then some time passed, I was, I was still, and I wanted to say this too, because for me, it wasn't so much like in Sakirtan's case, because I wasn't really stuck in a job that I hated, things like this, in a bad relationship. But I, I was born in the 60s, uh, when, <laughs> well, lots of Pisces in my original chart, Scorpio rising, and that whole uh, era of um, Scorpio, uh, Neptune and Scorpio. So I was very much into the transcendental, getting, getting you know, altered states. So I grew up like a lot of kids my, of my generation uh, getting high. In fact, I did my first LSD trip when I was 15. I took two hits. <laughs> One wasn't enough. I decided, I'm going to do two. I was only 15 years old. Because uh, I'd already been smoking pot for a while. And, and you know, and I, of course, experimented with magic mushrooms and peyote and different things like that. Um, and I was, I was able mm, somewhat to do, you know, <laughs> to uh, live a somewhat, I guess, normal life, uh, except that I did start getting in trouble with the law for silly things in my, getting to my late teens, 16, 17. Um, so, yeah, I was keeping things together because I did finish, eventually finish high school and, and go to university. Uh, but that time, because I think some of these things with the drugs and, and also divorce in the home, like a lot of kids, or there was uh, discordance <clears throat> in my family, uh, my parents got divorced and there was, there was an acrimonious separation, lots of anger and even you know, bordering on violence at times, you know, horrible stuff like that. And me being the eldest of three, having two younger sisters, it was very challenging. And... Uh, <clears throat> So challenging that one of my sisters ended up taking her own life um, not long after the divorce, which was a game changer. That's when I dropped out of university. I was in, totally in the wrong program. Everything was out of sync. And, um, and then eventually discovered Hatha Yoga, as I said, Shivananda. And, and then um, 
still, I wasn't able to give up the marijuana uh, until I was guided to study massage and eventually shiatsu. That's where I got directed towards doing a, a two-year intensive shiatsu program. And I knew at that time, that's when I knew I have to stop. I have to give up this lifestyle, you know, the marijuana and, and other stimulants and such. And that was huge, right? Um, and it was good timing because, she, as you can imagine, the shiatsu program, I was lucky to stay with a master from Japan. We were doing a lot of deep, intensive healing work. Yeah, I was having these incredible dreams, and oh my God, I was doing I was doing a lot of um, castor oil pack treatments on my kidneys and adrenals because mm -hmm. those were, of course, from all those years. Totally, <coughs> though my adrenals were really in bad shape from all those years of, you know, of course, masturbation didn't help either. <laughs> my jing, my jing was depleted. All right, and um, and then, so again, at that time, I was also already into hatha yoga, and then. Um, in shiatsu school, things really started to shift, as I said, the intense, intense that first year. And the second year, I had a near-death experience. Um, very lucky to be alive, actually. I fell asleep at the wheel of an automobile. The good news is I didn't kill anybody, including myself. Mm. I ran the car into a, a lamppost, literally, literally wrapped the car around the lamppost. It was going fast enough right, to, to kill myself. And I... It was a miracle, a lot of miracles happened. I was in the Shiatsu program. Um, and at that time, the second year, halfway through the second year, uh, one of the assistants uh, to my master was a named Hari Darshan Singh, Kundalini Yoga teacher in Toronto. When he found out, we, were, we had already become good friends, and we found out I had to move for various reasons after the block, not long after the crash. Uh, he suggested taking me to the Guru Ramdas Ashram, one of the first ashrams that Yogi Bhajan helped to um, erect you know, in, in North America, in Toronto, um, where he first landed, actually, when he came from India in 68. And so I was taken there, not knowing, like, Sakyaja, not even knowing what Kundalini Yoga was. Here I was, all of a sudden, in the ashram, and they were saying, yeah, come on in. And there were a lot of people also in the healing arts. In fact, another student from my Shiatsu program a year ahead of me was living in the house at the same time, the ashram. So, uh, I did my first Kundalini Yoga class, almost, you know, probably the first week, having moved into the ashram, and that was it. I walked out of the, I literally walked out of the ashram. I remember there was a beautiful night sky, the stars were visible, and I was like, this is it. This is yoga. I found it. It's like, wow, right? I was in a completely altered state. And, I, I, and the main reason I mentioned the, uh, the drug use, drug addiction, if you will, uh, was for this reason, because I had to find, because of my nature, that Neptunian, mm. right, Piscean, <laughs> Scorpio, I had to find something that could be an adequate substitute. Mm. And I found it. Hatha <laughs> yoga didn't do it for me, <laughs> at least, right? Kundalini yoga, I walked out of that... That first class, I was like, I was high. I was mm -hmm. in altered state, but a clean high. Mm -hmm. Nice clean high. Right? You could expand it, awareness. Right? I was like, wow, this is yoga. And I was hooked. And I never, I never looked back. Uh, that was in, in 1993. Um, three years later, I was already teaching. I started leading morning sadhana in the ashram after mm -hmm. 
graduating school in the, in the summer. I got hooked on morning sadness, getting up at four o'clock every morning to do two hour, two and a half hour practice. And I loved, and other people liked it when I led, so that was part of the reason I think that got me towards teaching. And my, my, my first teacher at the ashram, beautiful Sat Dharamkar, naturopath, just published a few books for women's health, natural health. She encouraged me, she invited me to come and teach at her studio in Toronto, even though I hadn't done the official you know, sanctioned teacher training. So I did, and there was this, I, again, it's kind of the same feeling, like, oh, I found my vocation now, because I took to it right away, and I started, it was good that I didn't do the, the formal teacher training at first, I did later, because of my nature too, I, I'm, I like to improvise, and, and I have a pioneer kind of approach to things. So I was able to develop my own style of teaching, Mm-hmm. And then later, when I had a, a kind of a relapse, dark night, as I said, I, I, I'm, I'm jumping ahead a bit. I, I, I uh, did a uh, self-mastery program, which is, which is a condensed teacher training over 21 days in New Mexico. This is now 2005. And that, again, changed my life, doing 21 days of teacher training, self-mastery with some of the best teachers in the United States. Mm-hmm. Over that three weeks, I had... There were about 60 of us in the group. We had about 20, I think over 20 teachers, 21 of the top teachers came flying in from all over the country. Nice. Yeah. And that's why I discovered NAD. So I'll, I'll try to end it because uh, for the NAD yoga component, we had uh, Dave Sarupkar and Sangeetkar. Mm-hmm. Sangeetkar is an opera singer. She was trained for opera. And, and Dave Sarup, amazing. She inspired me so much. She has some recordings too, uh, including the Morning Sadhana chants. I felt so inspired when as soon as I went back to Toronto feeling reborn, right, totally reborn again, um, I was like, I, Kirtan, right? I, I had been doing spoken word and, and performing some uh, poetry, slam, and, and original songs, and toying with uh, sacred music, you know, because it was starting to, you know, this was, you know, 2005, right? 2006. Um, but now I was like, Fuck that. <laughs> Can I say fuck that? Say <laughs> <Sure>, whatever. <laughs> You're fuck the elder. You're the elder. <laughs> yeah, I'm, Tell a, us I'm a young elder now. Right. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I said, fuck that. I'm not, I'm not doing this. The poet. Well, I, I, I still do some spoken word. If you want, I can do some later. <laughs> um, but then I was like, kirtan. I was kirtan. And I, and I, and I haven't stopped. 2005, I started, I, started my, I started composing music for kirtan for mantras, and then it wasn't long before I was doing Kirtan. I moved to Montreal the following year, because this angel came, you know, all the synchronicity brought me to Montreal, which was perfect, because Quebec is a totally different vibe than Ontario, and they were so receptive. So I was doing my first months really doing Kirtan, I got some really cool musicians together, including this amazing violinist named Guillaume. We were getting up to 40 people at our Kirtans. Mm. They're rocking it. We were just rocking it. And then I... I made it in my own CD. But, awesome. but yeah. for people that don't know, <laughs> kirtan is when you are singing sacred chants and mantras, usually mantras. songs too. Yeah, but but yeah. And 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 so so one one of one of their specialties because we're in the sound temple is not only kundalini yoga but also the sound healing. Mm-hmm. Component. So when he says nod 
and Kirtan, he's talking about adding magical sound bowls and gongs and, and, mm. uh, and different tones and mantras to the physical work of stretching and breathing. Right? Yeah. Is that... That's beautiful. I, I would, uh, yeah, we definitely would like to speak more about this, especially because we have a facilitator training program. But again, ask Sakir, do you want to respond to about the nod? Yeah, nod is God. <laughs> nod is God. Woo! <clears throat> um, nod is God manifests. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's really something beautiful that Yogi Bhajan brought to our awareness, both Harinam and I, in our own space and time before we met. And that's that appreciation of the nod, the sound current vibration, also known as nada, nada yoga. Mm. Yogi Bhajan was a major nada yogi, nod yogi. Mm-hmm. And he taught that through everything he did, including um, he had his own PhD in communications. Mm-hmm. And he was all about the word. The word is, if, you're, if your word is in integrity, it is gold. If you're not in integrity, it's shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Kundalini Yoga helps us get clear and aligned so that we can live that and really embody it and have our word be our power and our manifestation power. Yeah, can I, I like to echo that because I, uh, when, when Saikirjan was describing her experience with uh, bringing sound healing into her teaching practice, I was reminded of mine, too, with, with the gong. We have a gong now here in the temple, a beautiful gong for this. It's pretty, pretty, pretty... Yeah. Isn't it rainbowy? Yeah, they call this one the Desert Rose, because of the, the, oh, the uh, carved lids. Oh, yeah, it looks like a rose in the middle. Yeah. Wow. It has many different sounds, but I, <laughs> the reason I mentioned the gong was because um, I knew fairly early on, I uh, that Yogi Bhajan was very much into gongs. There's, there's a lot of pictures of him leading classes and he, when he's holding the mallet like this. And he's not even looking. He's like, and he would wow, wall up the thing like, <laughs> yeah. he'd just be playing yeah. it backhanded yeah. behind yeah. him while he's yeah. like, yeah. you're giving his. The whole room is vibrating, right? right? For the Shavasana, basically, right? right? Um, and I was like, wow, right? And, this is even before I was really aware of what nad yoga, the, the real scope of it. But, but when I had my opportunity in Montreal, since I moved to Quebec uh, after this huge awakening at, in mm-hmm. New Mexico, this self-mastery, uh, the main studio where I started teaching Kundalini Yoga, I was teaching up to six classes a week, sometimes more, because I was on call too for other teachers. And they would call me, I, was very, I lived very close, it was perfect, and I... I would ride my bike, I had my guitar on my back, so I'd bring the guitar to chant. But there was a gong, and there, there was a gong in the main studio, right? And it wasn't a very good one, not nearly as good as this one. Mm-hmm. But of course, when I saw the opportunity, I started playing it. I would play it uh, for uh, every class, basically, for Shavasana, when, when I was in that studio. So, yeah. Um, and I had the guitar. So, yeah, other teachers, just to maybe close the, on this particular tone right now, that a lot of teachers were even guided in, in our training, certainly, to, to use recorded music. I'm sure it's the same in other traditions, too. But certainly in Kundalini Yoga, there's the, the music is one of the things that brought me in and kept me, right? Mm-hmm. I, for me, there's no comparison. Likewise. The recordings, the, the art, recording artists in the Kundalini Yoga, 3HO community, are 
phenomenally good. And, and not just in the United States and Canada, like South America, Chile, Europe, like some of the best musicians, incredible stuff, right? And different styles. Um, so inspired. But yeah, it's, and so a lot, of, and it's great. So these recordings are awesome, right? Um, used to have CD players in studios for this reason. And then, and of course, the uh, I. Pads, right? What are we iPhone or iPad. Uh, well, first iPod. it was first it was the iPod, right? Yeah. People, the, everyone, yeah, the cool teachers had the iPods, right? Yeah. I didn't really get into that. Because I never had an iPod, right? But also, but when I when I came back from New York, so I was like, I'm a musician, and I and I would bring my literally bring my guitar, so I would make my own music instead of playing recordings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So so this uh, guru Yogi Bhajan. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about that. So he comes to America mm-hmm. uh, in the 60s, right? 68, he came to Toronto yeah. first. Actually. Okay, so 68, he comes to Toronto. Mm-hmm. And he, he bring, he's bringing this ancient mm-hmm. uh, technology and knowledge mm-hmm. to the Americas. And, you know, kind of... It was very uh, controversial for him. He he. Uh, there were death threats. There were death threats and things. So so this guy is is the the Yoda of, <laughs> yeah. of Kundalini yeah. Uh, Yoga. Yeah. And he's kind of controversial because after he passed, uh, some people um, made yeah. claims that he. Uh, Cross some cross some uh, lines, boundaries, yeah. boundaries mm-hmm. sexually and things, which could could have happened, could have not. I know a lot of gurus get these allegations, allegations mm-hmm. and um, so I just wanted to chime in here and say because they're talking about Yogi Bhajan, he's the 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 daddy of the of the lineage. And I've heard other people in Kundalini not go with that lineage because of the allegations, but seems kind of weird to have a lineage without a daddy. Do you want to or a mommy for that matter? <laughs> you know, I could talk. I, okay, okay, I'm gonna let Sakirchen respond first. Okay. <laughs> That's a, a very rich topic. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, very potent as well because it's only within the past uh, two years now these allegations have come. I mean, there have been talks and things coming out in the past, rumors, um, but only in the past two years was the book Premka released and uh, the whole effort of the so-called investigation. Olive Branch. The Olive Branch. It's not a certified... An investigator, nor was it an investigation in my opinion, but <laughs> that um, they put out a report and everybody's now you know jumping on board that this report is absolutely true and that uh, Bush is an awful guy and we need to just cut him out of the entire practice and yeah. you know we'll continue Kundalini Yoga and using the gifts that he gave us, but we're not going to associate it with him anymore at all. That's it. That seems weird. That just seems kind of weird. Totally. It seems really weird. Does it? Don't you guys think that like when a master bestows the knowledge and then you pretend he didn't, Not you really. kind of might jinx yourself a little bit. I think there's karma. some karmic <laughs> imprints 
with that. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be some karmic implications with that Maybe. master. There might be some karmic implications there. This is a master who I've yeah. only known through the non-physical because he was gone by the time that mm-hmm. I joined Kundalini Yoga. Mm-hmm. But I definitely have a relationship with him in the non-physical Mr. through dream state. He's mm-hmm. come to me um, in moments of despair and of. Uh, White Tantra Yoga, he's appeared to me. He's mm-hmm. spoken directly to me. I mean, very viscerally and very mm-hmm. powerfully. And his subtle body is mm-hmm. immensely powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've felt nothing but unconditional love from this being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you receive some beautiful guidance that has never yeah. left me astray. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Ultimately, we can only trust our own heart, our own experience. And my mind is exactly the same, or well, very similar to Sakirtan's. Uh, I was afraid to meet him in the person, of course, because I could have. I could have gone down to New Mexico um, for solstice, summer solstice. I chose not to for different reasons, one of which I think I wasn't fully aware, we're willing to admit to him. I was afraid. I was afraid to confront this master because I knew, I felt his presence even then. Powerful, powerful presence. Tall. Indian, taller than me, because the Sikhs, right, they're really? very big, strong, like, big just, guy. so he had the physical, and then he had the energetic presence yeah. to go with that, and he wore these incredible, uh, body, you know, yeah. the, the whole, how big, how yeah. tall was he? His, well, probably 6'2", or at least, uh, mm-hmm. over 6 feet, yeah, well over, early man, too, and he's strong, and it's just a beard, right, just this presence, but the presence is even more than the physical, of course, yes. uh, but I did not, uh, so, and this is beautiful because it come, takes us a little bit back to the Toronto Ashram, the Guru Ramdas Ashram, my first day, because I ended up going back there 13 years later. But during that first day, and I mentioned 93, um, I, <laughs> for different reasons, I, I, I applied for a spiritual name, which I now, you know, basically using as, even though it's not my official name, Hari Ram. Uh, I made the request and, and I received a beautiful letter from from Espanola with Yogi Bhajan's signature with the name Hari Ram Singh, nice. which translates as Creative Line of the Universal Lord. That's when I was at the ashram in around May, maybe May, June of 93. Um, and I mention this because now, because um, Guru Nadekar at the time, she was like the, the, the senior elder of, of the ashram, along with her partner Hari Nam Singh. She, when I told her the news or showed her the letter, um, she, she said, well, we have to celebrate. We have to, let's honor your new name tomorrow morning in sadhana. Mm. We'll, we'll, we'll dedicate that to, to your name, receiving your name. I said, oh, what? that sounds great. Right? It's beautiful. And, uh, I think it was, this, it was a fairly small group. As it could be, of course. A lot of people are, just, even, even the 3 you have trouble getting up at 3.30, 4 in the morning right, to do yoga and meditation. So, so I think it was just like three of us Certainly at the end. So by the time we're doing our final, you know, the chant meditation, which is 62 minutes, and we're near the end of that, too. So I'm in uh, Varasanas, it's a warrior pose, like this, right, sitting on one heel, with the other knee up, and hands in front of the heart. And the cool thing about this, too, is for this meditation, we're we are, uh, encouraged to look down, to gaze down towards the no- tip of the nose, right? Mm-hmm. Probably wouldn't have made any difference, right? Because we're talking about the, the etheric now. So I'm, and you know, so I'm at the end. We've been already practicing for two hours plus, right? 
And all of a sudden, I see this hand appear right in front of my face, like kind of like this, with this big gold ring right here, mm. like right. And I don't know if I physically moved, mm. right? Because when you're in that state, right, that altered state, um, I kissed the ring on his finger, mm. and I knew. I just felt this is this Yogi Bhajan. Mm -hmm. He's right in front of me, and, and uh, I, and so I just felt inspired to kiss his ring and I later described it to the native car I said she said yep yeah, yeah it was definitely him <laughs> so I met him actually quite early on <laughs> uh, like I said Kiritan and so I know him from on this mm -hmm. level and, and like she said in, in later on in White Tantra and other moments after I came back from Mexico he would show up more clearly uh, well yeah I want to give you an opportunity to kiss my ring. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, yeah. what a joker. Yeah. I was just kidding. Have you ever heard of the book, The Richest Man in Babylon? If not, you can check it out in the bookstore. But it's a classic business book that reveals the key to personal wealth. And it's basically saving 10% every month. So the way I like to save is in gold and silver with Mint Builder. I've been using Mint Builder for years. I've created a system where my savings plan pays for itself by signing up people who want to save and start a silver bank account, which ships physical coin out every month based on their budget. The author of The Richest Man in Babylon says that magic number is 10% of your income. Now you can build your legacy with the best pricing on metal assets while helping the nonprofit Feed My Starving Children, which uses 90% of donations for food to stop malnutrition in over a hundred countries around the world. Thank you for considering Milk Builder to build your wealth and feed hungry children. You can go to preciousmetaltrends.com forward slash 102026. Complete the form and claim your free silver bullion bar just for taking our short tour and brief survey. Um, okay, but just, yeah, getting, getting back to the allegations though. Um, it's fascinating because I did hear some rumors years before Premka's book when it wasn't, you know, didn't go viral like with Premka. Um, and even then I was, I had some doubts and, and from my sources that were sharing this. And of course, like you said, knowing about the stories of so many masters, including Osho, there were all mm. kinds of allegations about Osho too. Mm. I just felt, knowing Yogi Bhajan as I do and knowing many of his eldest you know, students, teacher trainers mm -hmm. who've been with him Earth since the seventies, mm -hmm. right? Um, just it didn't it didn't, it didn't resonate matter. with me. I mean, it's certainly especially when they got into the gangsterism and the extortion, all this stuff, right? Like, mm -hmm. he how would he even find time, right, to do all the work when he was doing so much, right? Yeah, he was teaching students all yeah. night long. He would teach all day. Yes. Sit with students throughout the night. He'd only sleep maybe one or two hours. I don't know when he was doing these things. Hmm. One of my favorite stories actually is from Spain because he, you know, he was setting up, helping to set up sanghas, you know, all over the world in Europe. He sent some of his best students to Europe. Hmm. And get and that's trust, right? You have to trust this master. The master says, "You, I want you to move to Alaska. Imagine hmm. you've been." You've been living in California your whole life. Mm. He's saying, move to Alaska. What are you going to do? Right? Or, or even move to Spain. I want you to move to Barcelona. Mm. Right? And take this woman as yeah. your wife. 
Because oh, you yeah. pair people well, up. Sometimes, yeah. Oh, yeah, you pair yeah. them up. Yeah, you pair them up. Some... You guys are going to get married, yeah. and then you're going to go together wow. and start yeah. a community in Spain. And these are some <laughs> of the and these are some of the stronger in Rome too. It happens. So these are some some of the strongest European communities, right? And I visited the one in Rome a few years back just before meeting Seth Kirtan. And, um, but I mentioned this in Spain because there's a story that he went there one time, probably in the eighties or something, and. For 16 days, I think 16 days, he did not sleep at all. Uh-huh. Because of the demand on a, on a master like that, constant people like wanting, if they can get some individual time, which is rare, right? Because uh-huh. there's so many, you know, he's got people assisting him. But he literally made himself sick, because even a master, right, needs to get sleep at some point, right? But he literally got sick. got sick because of his commitment mm. to the students, you know? And, he, and this... This is just one of so many stories, if, if, if you really want to know the truth. And that's why we don't buy this whole olive branch. Mm-hmm. I, call it, I call it a witch hunt, basically. Yeah, and that, that, that feels about right. I, I definitely acknowledge him in my mm-hmm. ancestor prayers every day. I added him to the list. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, so far so good. <laughs> so far so good. You know, so I've done lots of other yoga, but um, what makes kundalini yoga different is the focus on the kundalini, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what is the kundalini? Um, people might ask, mm-hmm. and that's um, a serpent-like energy that goes up your spine connects to God and back down to Mother Earth. So it's like you're creating this connection with um, Earth and Heaven and you're like a circuit for that power and it basically runs through your spine. Is that is that like a... Did I do it justice? I mean, you guys... Yeah, it's pretty good. I would add to that. It's the... Um your highest creative potential. Mm. So, well, just going off of the Yogi Bhajan thing, just to wrap it up, I think the main, mm. the biggest lesson in all of this, the mm. allegations coming forth and everything, mm. is to not put him on the pedestal. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, um, yeah, that was a big lesson. And so, it's, and, and he taught that. He said, I did not come here to collect disciples. Mm-hmm. I came here to teach teachers. Yeah. And he was all about getting people to connect with their own true highest creative potential of mm-hmm. their soul so that they could fulfill their destiny as a teacher and be 10 times greater than them. He's mm-hmm. constantly challenging his students to be 10 times greater than he. Yeah. And, oh, did you want to... Well, well, I'm trying to get at like what makes this yoga different from other mm-hmm. yogas. Like, okay, like, yeah, yeah. Let me get energetic. Yeah, because yeah, because I wanted to, just to circle back to, to just to quote Jen Saki, what a peppermint patty, <laughs> Jeez. what a circus, eh? In Washington. Anyway, um, circling back to yeah, because you mentioned the the father figure, and, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of us, myself included, were felt resistance to meeting him in person because of that strong paternal vibe, right? Good, re- really, but right, but authority figures, right? I grew up in, again, that time, uh, escape, right? I had 
major issues with my own bio father, mm-hmm. right? Family breakdown, all of that, and, and with authority, with police, right? So, of course, a man like Yogi Bhajan, wow, right? Like, whoa, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you mentioned the father. I just wanted to comment quickly on that because the, he, he is that, and he's part of a chain. We call the golden chain of mm-hmm. Kundalini Yoga Masters that traces back through millennia. Mm-hmm. We don't know how, even how long, right? Back to the Paleolithic. I don't know. It's been care- so carefully preserved and protected in the, these teachings. He became a master... According to our sources, when he was 17, he'd already mastered the practice of Kundalini Yoga. Um, so, so just tying that in before we get a little bit more about Kundalini, because I feel if, if any teacher, uh, especially teacher trainers listening, <laughs> are um, <laughs> teaching Kundalini Yoga or te- Kundalini Yoga teacher training, at the same time, throwing Yogi Bhajan out, you know, in the down the drain. That this is again like karma, bad karma. You you can't you can't do that. In my in my view, you have to throw it all out. Just, just forget about all of it. You can't separate. You know, it's like it's like saying the golden chain. Like I'm gonna cut the chain, right? And like mm-hmm. whoa, right? That's <laughs> this is mm-hmm. ancient technology. It's mm-hmm. been carefully preserved and. It passed down. Yeah. And that's why yeah. the teacher training for me is so sacred. Yeah. yeah? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy to throw the golden chain out and... I know yeah. better! Yeah. Because, yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're channeling the golden chain as teachers. We're calling yes. upon that. When we Om chant Om Namo, when we chant the Animata, we are, that is the main purpose, is, is to connect mm-hmm. with the golden chain. So the golden mm-hmm. chain can teach through us and... Mm. we're part of that chain and we honor that and the yeah. sacredness of yeah. that and, and this is why some teachers feel they, they, they feel uh, uh, what's the word <laughs> compromise mm. or they, uh, because they, they, they probably still what they want to check because it's, mm. it's powerful the monster. but they also know if they, they've been taught properly that it is the connection to the master and, and the whole chain right? so, so before we start we might have to do this in two parts. But before we start our our practice, mm-hmm. we say we start it with Ong Namo Guru Dev Namo. Yeah. Which is what they're referring to. Yes. The Adi So before we do the yoga, we start by saying that and is that Sanskrit or is that Sikh? Uh Garbani. 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 Gurmukhi. Gurmukhi. Okay. Gurmukhi is the... Yeah, the so there's some, there's some Sanskrit... But and Sanskrit some, origins, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's some Sanskrit, and Gurmukhi is the Sikh uh, language mm-hmm. um, involved with the, uh, the yoga. And so yeah. before we start, we, we say this mantra, and it mm-hmm. invokes the golden chain of yes. masters that mm-hmm. brought the information... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah um, and just to come back to you know, carrying on from where Seth Kirtan started with describing the Kundalini, I like to first always start with the, the literal translation, which is, as Yogi Bhajan taught us, it's curl of the hair of the beloved. That's mm-hmm. literally what Kundalini means. <clears throat> it's associated with the serpent because of the spiral. Uh, coiled coil shape 
right? Which like like a coil of hair. Uh, and the basic premise, the basic theory is that it is coiled at the base of the Muldara chakra, the root chakra. It is dormant. It is asleep. It's interesting, right? This time, right, when we're seeing all of this <clears throat> on the planet, right? It's like, come on, everyone, like, wake up. Anyone who's even slightly was like, come on, we need to wake up, right? And this is, we could say, is what that means. That the mm. Kundalini has to be activated mm. and raised through the Sushuman in the central channel, piercing the chakras all the way up to the crown, mm. which is our Godhead, our connection to Source, all that is. And then there's no more strife. Mm. But, you know, we say critical mass, too. Maybe enough people were, maybe we're there. It's only, some say it's only less than a percentage, one percent of the population has to attain this awakening, and then the whole planet will shift mm. into this new age, this new dimension. And we feel, and we both feel that Kundalini Yoga is as good as it gets. There, there, there are very few technologies, especially as old, ancient, preserved exist that, that can take us there. Mm-hmm. But it's, there's yeah. no, it's not a shortcut. It's, it's daily sadhana. So Yogi mm-hmm. Bhajan was all about daily sadhana, meaning mm-hmm. daily practice. Mm-hmm. Basically what we're doing is strengthening our nervous system and balancing mm-hmm. the glandular mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. So it's basically strengthening our, you love to use the words, faculties and facilities mm-hmm. and all <laughs> the aspects of ourselves. Yeah. We're, we're strengthening it so that we can house more an electrical current through our mm. being. We can hold mm. this energy without frying out. Mm. He often equated it mm. to like a light bulb. Mm. If you're only a 300 watt light bulb and you plug a thousand watts into you, you're gonna blow out. But if you yeah. can strengthen mm. your light bulb to be a thousand watt light bulb, you can take that thousand watt current, mm. no problem, and you can mm. shine bright. Mm-hmm. For you. For for as a man, just speaking for men, um, the the light bulb might be the the nut sack. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you had that. <laughs> Do you want to speak about that? Yeah, uh, yeah. So so I, I well, let me just say this because uh, I I uh, want to say this for all the listeners. Like John, John, Baba John has been. One of my best, I've been, I'm now in my 27th year teaching Kundalini Yoga, as I mentioned, 96 is when I started. And I've had, I've been blessed with some wonderful students over the years, not some not so wonderful ones as well. <laughs> John is one right up there, one of the best, because his commitment, because that's what Yogi Bhajan was all about, commitment. Show up. All you have to do is show up for your sadhana. And the sun will take care of the rest. Yeah. That's what Yogi Bhajan was all about. Mm-hmm. Commitment. And that's, what, again, one of the reasons why I, I, I avoided getting close to him. Because of that C word. And also mm-hmm. the S word. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So do you want to... Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Sacrifice is, is huge in my practice. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was just talking about the, the balls... Because I've been doing something called semen retention. Uh oh. And without without Kundalini Yoga, I don't know how I would manage manage that. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's there's a lot of people uh, advocating for no fap and you know no porn and but the Kundalini Yoga practice kind of goes with you know keeping that energy inside of your body. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that's, mm-hmm. that's healthy because the energy can get stuck. You can get, like, mm-hmm. I've, I've experienced some, some blue ball like symptoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, most men can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, like, so if you don't move the energy, then it can get stuck. So uh, this comes with a lot of uh, breathing and, and clenching your sexual, uh, your kegel muscles and your, mm-hmm. caught the, the mula, mula bond. Um, so you can, you can, you can like clench, clench your bottom parts and bring the energy up the spine mm-hmm. um so you're you're like raising energy mm. literally in your own body and circulating it well yeah i like yeah that's great i like to comment as a as a man now a young elder having experienced all of these things that you mentioned including blue balls <laughs> uh wow <laughs> help <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, um, semen retention. I think any man on, on, a, on a serious spiritual path is going to come across this subject at some point, right? Hopefully, <coughs> hopefully sooner than later. Um, but a lot of people get caught up on it, just the same way people get caught up on breatharian, meaning that you can't eat or drink anything for some ex- long period of time. No. Breatharianism is really pranayam in disguise, renamed. Pranayam does not say you can't eat or drink water. What it says is to become a master of the breath means no attachment to food and water. Mm. One becomes a master of prana, that you can live without food and water, even for extended period, for days or weeks even. Mm. It's possible. It's not necessarily desirable. Why would you want to do that? Maybe you know. But similarly, with with semen retention, um, I think a lot of people get caught up again in this literal uh, story, right? That you cannot ejaculate under any circumstances, and they miss the point again. It's about the energetics. How can can you can you circulate and and maintain? And we retain the energy, the, the, the jing, because I like to use the Chinese terminology, which is our constitution, which is very much associated, as I mentioned earlier, with the semen. I'm not saying that you should just go and, and you know, <laughs> shoot your wad, <laughs> use the latest terms all over the place, and every, you know, every time you get aroused. But, um, but like you said, we can also create problems when we're not ejaculating, mm-hmm. can cause other problems, mm-hmm. serious problems. So yeah, it's more for us. It's more about the energetics. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's powerful, creative, sexual energy. So we're learning how to move it through all the chakras up and around, like the toroidal field. I always mm-hmm. see that donut shape around. Mm-hmm. When I'm meditating, and that's like once you have that toroidal field completely intact and moving freely and flowing with mm-hmm. open channels, you're then a prana master. You don't mm-hmm. need to eat or drink, or mm-hmm. it just that prana life force is flowing freely mm-hmm. like free energy mm-hmm. or free less. Energy field. <laughs> or less. I mean, we can call it Merkaba, we call it many things. But, um, 
we, we have less need to eat. Like, I think yeah. you're, you're reminding me of, of Buddha, Gautam Buddha um, is known to have one meal at the end of the day, <clears throat> right, after sunset with his followers. That was one, and just that much, right? The mm. amount of food they could put in their two hands, like a bowl, right? Mm. If they didn't have a bowl, it was like in their, literally in their hand. And that was enough because his field, mm. they said, I, I read that his, his toroidal field, his Merkaba, was up to 16 miles mm. in diameter mm. or radius, right? Um, crazy, but I, I believe it's possible, right, for a master to write, what is the limit? You know, and then, of course, he can live off of that prana, right, that life force will, will sustain him throughout the day. Mm. So maybe in the evening he has this little, right, to sustain. Because food is good, right? I want to say to any breatharian listening, food isn't bad. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> it's our relationship that matters, yeah? Our attachment or non-attachment, yeah? So, so the, the yoga consists of the, the mantra to start you off that connects you to the golden chain. Then you can say another mantra of protection, maybe. We always do. We do always the Mangalacharan mantra. Yeah. Yeah. Some teachers skip that part, but we Some like do. It. We do. We, <laughs> we never skip uh, it. Uh, I'm all about protection. Adgure Name, Jugad Gure Name, Sat Gure Name, Siri Guru Deve Name. Yeah. And then you start going into what are called uh, Kriyas. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you normally we do some warm up. Oh, warm up. No, not always, but normally we do some warm up exercises mm-hmm. first. Warm up, which usually is more focused primarily on breath, but also yeah, just some basic warm up exercises to prepare us for the kriya. Yeah, mm-hmm. literally warming up the body mm-hmm. to then be able to go into the kriya. What does kriya mean? Kriya, translated from Sanskrit, actually is. Uh, a set of actions that yields a specific result. And so we have these Kriyas, there's thousands of them that Yogi Bhajan gave us that are a set of yoga postures, movements, mantras, breath work mm-hmm. um, in a specific sequence for specific amounts of time for each exercise that yield specific results. So some Kriyas are for elevation, some are for mm-hmm. the bowel system, some mm-hmm. are for... Uh, opening the third eye. It's like an apothecary. Like we have, there are so many different kriyas. We have something almost for every mm. ailment, physical, mm. mental, emotional. Mm. Um, and, and I wanted to, to echo Sadhkirtan. Um, <clears throat> well, I, I, like to say, I like to describe kriya this way as, as a journey because of my, my interest in shamanism right? and also the shamanic roots. I have an unfinished book, actually, might as well plug it since it's not out yet, but it's called The Shamanic Roots of Kundalini Yoga because it does have shamanic roots. Mm. Yeah, so I see the Kriya as a journey. Um, and and it, is, it is that. It's, it is a prescribed mm. series of, of exercises that Kirtan described um, that are designed to produce a, a certain result, desired result. And that is the journey. The teacher's role then is, is to guide the students. Say like a mountain guide would be guiding the climbers up the mountain. Yeah? And that's why I put so much emphasis, as you know, on, on turning the eyes inward, usually upward, 
going within. The journey is within. Yeah, that's another distinction between Kundalini Yoga and other yogas. With Kundalini, your eyes are mostly closed Mm -hmm. when practicing. It's like moving Mm -hmm. meditations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did Camila Grace yoga on YouTube, Kundalini, when yo- uh, COVID broke out. And then I came and started working with you and realized I had been doing it wrong the whole time because yeah. I wasn't looking at my third eye, you know, I wasn't looking well, at I'm looking at the screen. I was looking at the screen, <laughs> right, right. Like, so it's like little nuances uh, that you get when you work with a teacher, you know, that are make the whole difference you know just just like one detail like that you know changes the whole practice Mm -hmm. and so that's that's what i got from working with um these guys versus um a youtube teacher you know is is having my um my form checked a lot Well, you know, you know, John. I, I think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do a second part to this because we're already in an hour, and uh, this is and I really want to continue. I'm really enjoying this. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well. Here's, yeah, so here's the here's the here's the sound bath, guys. You uh, like that? Ooh. I could. I, I would I would like to I would like to say this before we, we before we close this part again. Coming back to this lovely. Man, I know it's a army veteran interviewing us here, and I, I, I never felt so much respect for the U.S. military as I have done just in the last couple of years, just before meeting you. I used to think everything military was bad, and I don't anymore. I have tremendous respect for the military, the U.S. certainly, but anywhere. Um, your commitment to <clears throat> your country and community. Um, and, and maybe that's part of it, why you were able to really commit, because I want to emphasize this again, commitment is everything. <laughs> again, why, Let's why, see word again. I felt it, right? With yoga, when I went to the ashram, I, I, felt, I, was, I felt the resistance big time, right? Yeah, just, again, I wanted to um, congratulate and, and um, what's the word? Um, just appreciate uh, John for his commitment uh, with his practice. Cause I know we, you had to go to you had to go to Texas a couple of times, but that's all the time we've been here together. You've been the most committed students I've had in all these twenty seven years, and I I, wow. I I deeply appreciate that because for me as a teacher, this is the highest kind of um, you know confirmation and um, for for my for my role. But when when someone like you is, is coming. I don't even, there's no coercion necessarily, nothing, you don't have to, you know, you're just committed and it's, it's beautiful. It gives me that extra inspiration to show up and, and do my best. Ashe, I just want to uh, make the correction. I was not in the army. I was in the Marine Corps, which is mm. uh, a different army is uh, much inferior. <laughs> If you if you if if you're in the army or the Marines, then you know talking smack is part of it. But um, yeah. So so where where can uh if people want to get to know you guys and uh, um you got a website? Yes. 
School of Nod. School of Nod.com. N A A D. N A A D.com. I know they're offering a new sound healing training for teachers. They have some coaching for couples. Mm-hmm. Uh, that are you know interested in finding your your star-crossed lover soulmate they mm-hmm. obviously are experienced in in that realm mm-hmm. uh, I've gotten some coaching and also got from Sat Kirtan um, a uh, uh, reading of uh, numer- numerology reading for um, what Kriyas and meditations were best for my um, numerology chart. So not only do they have um, resources, uh, many free on their site, um, they can take your game up a notch by finding out what um, specifically you need to be doing in your practice. I want to speak, I want to let Sakirjan speak something about numerology, how that can be applied to Kundalini Yoga. But I just wanted to, before I forget, um, as far as the uh, facilitator training goes, which is a new venture for us, and we're so thrilled to have this opportunity finally, because we have assisted with Kundalini Yoga, both of us in our own capacities, uh, facilitator training in the past. Now we have our own program. It's just being birthed. We did our first session, uh, condensed session, the group a few weeks back, and we have another one coming up in February. I also want to mention um, we have a, a retreat coming up. It's a full-on, like a three-week retreat in May here at beautiful Lake Atitlan. So it'll be a more intensive uh, training program. And we're going online. We're, well, as you know, we already have the school of nod.com, so everything will be announced there. We're going to take the facilitator training program online hmm. hopefully in the next month or so. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so stay tuned on our website. You'll see there's a section for free resources. Currently, yes. like John said, we have the um, master classes for both singles and couples yeah. for the uh, love life coaching. Mm-hmm. And we also have a free yoga class on there and a free sound healing. Mm-hmm. And soon we'll have another master class for sound healer facilitator, mm-hmm. sound healer yes. facilitators. So stay tuned for that. So, so, so for the last um, part of this thing, can we hit a couple of these bowls and do... Okay, we'll do a brief one, but really, I think we, 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 need, we need to do a second part, yeah? Yeah, we can definitely do a second part. But yeah, so if you want, we can do, we can do a short uh, session now, but I would really like to speak more about the nod and, and before we do it, yeah. our final... Yeah, yeah we yeah. talked about this being an hour, <laughs> and it's already like an hour and ten minutes, and we're yeah. just getting warmed up, basically, so... Yeah, <laughs> well, I, th- I think, yeah, I think we covered quite a bit. Yeah, I feel like it's, there's more, there's still more we complete, yeah. So, yeah, did you, did you said you, you would like to participate in some way with our little sound bath? It might be good to pull this away. Okay. Okay. I'll just let you guys. Uh, maybe you can go back. Maybe over there a little bit. Yeah, not right. too close because then get distorted. All right. Especially if I feel the gong. <laughs> <clears throat> so just invite the listeners to relax. Find
breath. Maybe letting out a sigh on the exhale.
All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. Uh, you can check Ari and Zach Kirtan out at their School of Nod website. I put the link. Uh, also put a link to the I Am Discourses St. Germain in case you're interested. And uh, I will also post a link to the Colony Dow uh, where you can um, get some dye on Coinbase and, and then go to uh, XDI Bridge. Um, I'll actually post some instructions in here to the Medium article I'm publishing today. And if you want to start check, uh, joining the DAO, it's a little bit complicated right now. But um, if you if you basically if you get some tokens from me um, or pay me in token, then you will be part of this new uh, colony. So. Uh, love to have you on board and uh, till next we meet.